All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So, Mr. Davis, ready for some tech gumbo this week? Yes, I am. All righty. So instead of starting off with news and updates, we're going to start off with our listener question. Each week we do take a listener question about a topic that they were interested in because they came to our website, techgumbo.net, and posted the question that they were interested in. And the question this week is, does my Alexa actually listen to everything going on in the room? So the good news is that your smart speaker, be it an Alexa or a Google, is not listening to everything in your room. Your smart speaker is not listening to everything in your room. That's a clear uh, distinction that needs to be made because your smartphone probably is, but those artificial intelligence devices that are there to help you, to answer questions for you, play music for you, whatever, they don't do anything. They're actively listening for their wake-up words. They're not actively listening to everything you have to say. Now, once you say one of the wake words, it will capture all that audio, save it, process and send it up to whosoever cloud the system belongs to. It's not just passively collecting all that information. Yeah, so if you accidentally use one of those wake words, or if it thinks it heard a wake word, then yes, it can record some things that you may or may not want to have heard. But no, they're not actively listening to everything. And no, they don't sit there and listen to things you're saying so they can translate that into advertising. There is a, a survey that was put out by Chubb that found that 92% of the people out there think that those were devices are actually listening to everything going on. But it, in fact, they're not. Those smart speaker devices, as we said. Now, anything that it does capture whenever you ask it a question, it is turning that into advertisement. But again, it's only things that you have directly given it intentionally that it's turning into advertising. So thank you very much for the question. That was fascinating to, to talk about. We will be sending out a wonderful Tech Gumbo mug, the big 20-ounce beautiful ceramic mug with our Tech Gumbo logo on it. If you would like one, please go to techgumbo.net and submit a question. We love sending these mugs out. We have a bunch of them, and we can get more if we need. Yes, we can, and yes, we would like. Moving on to the news and updates of the week, Apple has announced they are going to be releasing a foldable iPad and maybe in, in a foldable iPhone 
by 2024. Are you interested? So this is something that's the Android version has been out for about a year now, maybe a little more, a little less. And I honestly don't know that I've ever seen one in real life. I live in New York City, and so I sit on the subway a lot. I see a lot of people on their cell phones, but I can't tell you I've ever seen someone pull out their phone and fold it open or fold it closed. I guess that this is something there's demand for, but I'm not really sure. Maybe the iPhone, because it's makes it a little more compact, not quite as long, but it makes it that much thicker. I'm not interested in in the foldable device. I'm absolutely not interested in the foldable iPad. Yeah, what does folding my iPad get me? It's I'm already, you know, putting it in a backpack or I'm already putting it into some other larger carrying device. The pocket isn't your bottleneck here. So are you folding open into some monstrously large device? Is it now going to be too large for me to hold in my hands? Is it like a full newspaper size? I don't know. Right now, you're you're a large sheet of paper. Why, why the iPad is going to be foldable? I don't either. This makes no sense to me, and it seems like a, a waste of effort because I just don't know that there's that much of of a demand. I just don't get it. Not interested in the foldable devices. Yeah, Google had their whole campaign that was a large, extensive foldable phone campaign. They spent a lot of money on it. It was very catchy. And I just haven't seen. I mean, part of it is that I don't know a whole lot of people who are turning over cell phones very quickly. Most of the people that I know have had their phone for a long time and plan to keep it for a long time. I've had my current one for about nine months. And it's I still think of it as new because I had my last one for three years and the one before that for three years. We talked about that earlier in the summer, how people are keeping their phones four and five years. There is just not that much, especially coming into the economic downturn we're we're in right now. People aren't running out to go drop a thousand dollars on a brand new cell phone. But Apple yeah, did definitely- come out this week and say, hey, yes, we're going to go along with the EU's demand for the USB-C port. This is something that's very exciting for me as an Android user. A lot of my friends are uh, iPhone users. And so whenever I'm at their house and I need to charge my product, they're always like, oh, you know, I have a different cable. I don't have that cable. Well, ha ha ha. They have to get the USB-C cables now. We will move towards a sensible world whenever it's everyone is on one cable as opposed to having 14 different ones float around. Yeah, that'll be nice to to just have the USB-C at some point, three, four, five years from now, whenever I decide to get another another phone. It might be that long before I do. I mean, my phone, about a year old kind of thing and big brand new phone. I mean, I have no reason to go run out and buy something new. So good that Apple is getting in line with the rest of the world. And now the one thing they did not say is that we're going to have this phone in the U.S. with the USB-C. They said they were going to comply with the European Union's demands. Right. But again, it's I would be shocked if they had one phone in the EU and one phone in America just because all that engineering down there. You know, are you really going to double all of your work? Are you going to double all of your hardware? That's I, I know Apple loves their ecosystem, loves their bubble, but oh boy, you 
you'd be going way out of your way to to spite everyone if you're going to do that. Yes, and and like we've said before, Apple being Apple, it would not shock me if they did it. Hopefully not. So one feature that did come out in the iPhone 14 in in the latest version of the operating system was the ability to to detect a severe car crash with your phone. And while that's a really good thing, this has been triggering problems at amusement parks. It's it's a really good idea that just has some edge cases that Apple didn't quite polish. And so part of their thought process was that, oh, it's going to play an alert for a full minute or a 10-second uh, alert before it starts the actual phone call or 911. Well, if you're on a roller coaster ride and, you know, you're already screaming and you're traveling at 50 miles an hour and you're making all those twists and turns, that looks to your cell phone like unexpected acceleration. And so it says, oh, you must have been in a crash. It starts playing notification, but you can't hear your phone. And so it goes off the call of 911 and you step off the ride and you say, oh, my phone called 911. Oops, I'm totally fine. And, and oh, by the way, as you were doing those twists and turns at 50 miles an hour plus, and then you came to a sudden stop the same way a car after it flipped and rolled and then hit a tree comes to a sudden stop. Those accelerometers inside it are going to trigger that, oh, my God, this has got to have been a crash. And so you can go into the settings of your phone and turn that that feature off before you get on the ride. There needs to be some signs now on every roller coaster. Please disable the 911 before you get on this roller coaster ride. And that's something that Apple could just geofence. That makes a lot of sense. That's a pretty easy fix for them to geofence it, or should be a pretty easy fix for them to just set up an area that says, if you notice something strange happening, you know, within 100 feet of this spot, don't go off for that. But there are some other edge cases that would be much harder to implement the simple fix for. Like the traveling carnivals that go around the little county fairs and everything. You know, you get those tilt-the-whirls spinning and, and, and going off in axes. And now that's when you can't just geofence. Yes, the big roller coaster at Disney World or Six Flags or something. Yes, you can absolutely put that into your, your, your programming, and hopefully Apple will do that. But some of these other situations, not so much. Another one, there was a, a guy in New York City riding his motorcycle down the West Side Highway. His phone fell out of his pocket on the highway and he noticed his phone was gone, but he said, oh, well, you know, it's gone. You know, that much I can do about it. Well, his phone, also another one of the settings is that it can send an emergency text message to an emergency contact. And so his girlfriend got a text message that, hey, there's been a car crash and this person is not responding. And, you know, we've called EMS to their location. And the poor guy's girlfriend said, I lost a, I lost another loved one in a car crash. I thought I was about to lose a second person in the car crash. Turns out the guy was fine. His phone just fell out of his pocket on the highway. But there's a couple more of these edge cases that if you're going to really give it all kinds of weight like this, you really need to make sure that you're certain of what's happening. And as of right now, Apple's not certain of what's happening. And meanwhile, false alarm 911s are being dispatched 
all across the country because of these situations that Apple didn't really completely let bake and something needs to be done. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about Starlink on this show over the years and SpaceX in particular. Well, the, the good folks at the University of Texas decided they were interested in Starlink as well. But not Starlink as Elon Musk intended. And that's where this gets fun. Yeah, they decided, wouldn't it be interesting if we could use the Starlink system as a GPS alternative? And turns out they figured out how to do it without even getting permission from the Starlink organization. Yeah, they started off, Starlink was on board. But after a while, SpaceX said, you know what, we actually don't feel like helping you anymore. And so it it took the team at the University of Texas about two years, but it now works and they're accurate to within 100 feet, which is fairly good. For the system, the way they, they put it up, yes, GPS can get within 10 square feet. Okay, great. Even still, within 100 square feet, is pretty close. We know where 100 square feet is. And by doing what they were able to do to get into the system, to to bounce it off of the different satellites, to s- repeating the synchronization signals, that, that was really very clever what they did. Right. And it's also important that they didn't break anything to do it. They didn't hack inside of Starlink. They didn't bypass any security or bypass any encryption. They were just asking for its position, you know, at a very regular interval. And then Starlink just uh, already broadcast the location of the satellite as a part of its normal good satellite behavior so that no one crashes into anything up in there in space. And so by asking for its position and then Starlink broadcasting its position already, you can sit there and do the math pretty reliably. And so you now have a backup tool that works very much like the GPS system. And so as these satellites are all spinning around the Earth and it keeps bouncing that signal up there, hey, where are you, where are you, where are you, where are you? And and every couple of seconds that they, they make this request of the different satellite that it's bouncing off of, it can triangulate pretty close to what the GPS coordinates actually are. And they also think that if SpaceX chose to work with them, they could really shrink that air. Right now, they're within 100 feet, but they think they could get to within five feet if just a little bit more effort from SpaceX. We don't know if SpaceX will cooperate or not, or if they just fully amoeba eat them. But either way, it's, it's a cool demonstration of the technology. Absolutely. We came across an article in the New York Times we do like we talk a lot about social media and the whole second segment of the of this week's show is going to be a lot about social media as well but they the new york times gave their opinion as to the status on the top social media platforms so starting off with the meta platforms that would be facebook and instagram i have to say i agree with their prognosis they said vitals are falling fast patient needs a transfusion that. But they did give reason for hope. They said that you know Meta has plenty of cash and it's virtual reality headset. The MetaQuest is going to be a good thing. So there's hope for Meta. Well, the headset's getting good reviews, but 
no one's still buying in on the metaverse. And so that's their bet. That's what they think the future is. They are really tied to that. If the, as Facebook envisions it, or as meta envisions it, this metaverse doesn't pan out, boy, they're in some trouble. Especially when you consider that the youth of America is in rapid decline as far as using the whole Facebook and Instagram. They're moving towards TikTok as fast as they can run. And if you're under the age of 40 and you're using Facebook and Instagram, the big question is why? I still know a lot of people my age who use Instagram, but no one my age uses Facebook. Twitter is in a another weird, interesting place. Who knows what's going to happen with Musk and buying it? I've given up trying to follow it. It's just all dumb drama. We're, we'll find out shortly. Maybe, maybe not. Who's to say? It's It's just going round and round in circles. By the end of 2022, we should know something. But it might take till the end of the year to know what's going to go on with Twitter. The New York Times says the prognosis is acute short-term pain with promises of a vague miracle cure ahead. I, I'm i not sure that I buy into Musk's vision of what Twitter could be or should be. I don't know that the changes that he's proposing are the miracle cures here. Do I think that Twitter can be run better? Yes, sure, absolutely. But do I think that it's the silver bullet, which is going to push it from 44 billion to 400 billion? No, I don't think so. No. And then there's TikTok. This is the media darling that everyone's in love with right now. And the prognosis is that it's unlikely to die of not natural causes, but could be easily killed by a blunt instrument. Yes. This is the one wherever TikTok is exploding in growth. All of their user base numbers are just through the roof. All of their metrics are trending positive. But there's this recurring national security problem that keeps popping up that we'll talk about in the second segment. And man, if the U.S. government really starts to come down on TikTok, which we're not saying that it needs to yet, but you have to think that there are several three-letter agencies that are giving it the strong eye. Man, that's a that's quite the story there. Yes. And Snapchat. Snapchat, to me, Snapchat, I, I don't, I, I never used it. It was way, I was way too old for Snapchat to begin with. So I'm not a good barometer here. Where are you it's, on Snapchat? It's still surviving, apparently. That the, apparently in the last quarter, Snapchat's daily active users grew 20%. So, a lot of these social media platforms are tied to user base and user base increase numbers. And so if you show that you're not trending downwards, all right, you, you know, you stick around for another news cycle, you know, stick around for another quarter, whatever. So the last thing they, they said is that, you know, none of these things last forever. And at some point we're going to get another one, a new flavor of social media is going to come along and take the place of all of these Soon to be has-beens. Yes. My, my one to keep an eye out for is Be Real. I'm enjoying it a lot. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. 
I think it's makes a lot of decisions we have as a healthy social media app, but we'll see how large it grows. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.